Welcome to my den. We're going to have a discussion today about one shocking factor that increases a school's U.S. News and World Report college rank by 6.58 positions. Now, you may notice there's been somewhat of a, a shift in our content. We're going to continue having amazing guests on who are natively analog and can bring that perspective onto the show. But I am exploring a new realm of Gen Z's infatuation with dissing institutions. And this is because I fall into the around 63% of Gen Z who says, we are not so sure that college is a good thing, that the government institutions or government bodies are working the way that they should, et cetera, et cetera. So we're on this journey right now to explore this topic of what do colleges, universities, government institutions, et cetera, education, what do they all have in common that's causing this distrust with Gen Z? And how can we work to unpack those issues to make our world a better place? Now, before we dive into the content of this episode, if you're not following our new TikTok channels for the tech company that we're launching, go check them out at theskills.io. There's a whole lot more information that will be coming about the skills. But for right now, what you need to know is we're out on the street interviewing just regular people about which mattered more, the skills or the degree in their life and in their jobs and careers. So go check it out. We're on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube Shorts, and Facebook Shorts at Deskills, which is dskills.io. All right, buckle up your seats or your time machines if you're cool like that, and join me in my living room for this shocking topic. You're listening to Native Digital, Native Analog, the show where we unpack the collisions and commonalities between my generation and yours. I believe that if you don't have a native digital on your board of directors, your leadership team, or at least one you pay to pester you like a fly in your ear, your business won't survive. Let's change that today. When you come across a study like 100 Most Influential People, for example, do you ever pause to ask what factors actually go into producing that? Well, as a Gen Zer, I naturally question things like this, but I hadn't stopped really to think about how screwed up some of these studies might actually be. And I certainly hadn't questioned these studies when it comes to college rankings, until I came across a shocking report. This was the headline, Read College, U.S. News Ranking dropped 54 places after they stopped sending their data to the U.S. News World Report for best colleges in America. 
you know, we're all familiar with this ranking, right? It's it's this this long report of all the best liberal arts colleges in the country. And I know from experience, parents and, and kids compete to get their kids into these top schools, right? Because this ranking report means a ton in our society. It started decades ago, and we've never stopped to ask what went into this algorithm. So here's what happened. Reed College, which is a private liberal arts school in Portland, Oregon, smelled something fishy with the way the rankings were being calculated. So they decided to stop cooperating. And the result was, even though nothing changed about the academics of their school, the World Rankings Report that came out the following year decided to drop them 54 places. Now, we're not going to get into all the bias that would go into this. In fact, I'll link in the show notes links to the reports, the full report on this, and also Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, which did an incredible series of two episodes on this topic. But let's not get into the bias here for a second. Let's go into what actually makes up these rankings. Here's what Reed College decided to do when they got dropped from the rankings by 54 places, their statistics teams, teams of students, decided to go a step further. So here's what the students did. They built an algorithm or a model to try and duplicate the secret formula that U.S. News uses to produce the rankings, right? The results were startling. They were able to produce a model using public data sources that could predict the rankings of the U.S. News report with about 98% accuracy. In fact, on Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, they actually interview the students who are doing this report. And, and one of the students says, basically, they were able to duplicate the entire list with every school in its place, according to the 20 factors or so that go into this, and the only college that was sort of an outlier outside of the data was Reed, it was Reed College, because, of course, they were the ones that has, had decided not to cooperate. And uh, U.S. News just casually you know, knocked them 54 places. But here is what they found. You may be you know, wondering, what is, after they did all this modeling, what's the factor that has the largest impact on your rankings? right? Like, it, what can a school do if they want to improve their rankings? What, what factor is going to have the most impact on the, the weight and sum model that, that U.S. News uses? <laughs> You're going to laugh when you hear this. All right. This is how bad it is. It's a little something called the peer assessment score. And what the students found is that this peer assessment score, which sounds so academic, right? It has a coefficient of 6.58, meaning if you hold every other factor constant, you know, class size, the teacher ratio to student ratio, if you hold graduation rate steady, if you hold everything else constant, but increase the peer assessment score by just one unit, your overall score, your overall ranking will increase on the ranking list by 6.58 positions. I mean, this is... This is quite statistically significant if you consider that only about 220 colleges are on this list in each category, right? So I hear you asking, how is the, the, the PAS or the peer assessment score, how is it calculated? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. Here, here's how it's calculated. Every year, U.S. News World Rankings sends out three surveys to three people at each of the schools in a category. And these three people are typically the president, the provost, and the head of admissions. And, and these surveys go out to the other schools that are in your category, right? So if you're Reed College, you're going to get a study that also has Brown University, Mars Hill University, Harvard. It's going to have all the other colleges on it, right? Now, these three individuals at a college are asked to rate the other schools on a scale of one to five. Now, take note here. These are schools that most of these three people have never visited. They might have some beef with based on religion or screening criteria or whatever, or they simply know nothing about. So in other words, just to, to make this as simple as possible, the way the, the, the factor that has the most impact on your school's ranking is calculated by a survey that goes out to your peers who have never visited your school, may not know anything about it, don't know anything about the academics, the learning, the teaching style, nothing. And they rank you on a scale of one to five. So here's how this might play out. Let's say that you are the provost at Brown University and you see a school like Reed. You've never heard of it before. You know, all you know of is Princeton, Harvard, whatever. You might rank Brown a two because you don't like the name. You've never been there. <laughs> like... It's all based on feeling, in other words. All of this score is based on feeling. And when Malcolm Gladwell went and asked the, the chief research scientist of U.S. News and World Report, he was not able to give you any answer as to why this judgment is unbiased. Because it isn't. It is very, very biased. So now you have an answer for why Princeton or Harvard or Yale consistently rank in the top five. Why? Because everyone knows them. Everyone knows the name. So if your school's ranking in the top five, it's all in the name, literally. Now, if you are curious about more of what goes into this, there is an entire report I'll link in the show notes. But also go take a listen to the two-part series that Malcolm Gladwell did on this topic on revisionist history. They dive into, you know, what does it take if the school wants to increase their score? And hint, hint, one of the second highest factors is how much money a student brings in, just, just as a hint. So he, here's the summation of this. Me as a native digital, I'm, I'm looking at things like this, ranking reports at institutions, at legacy media, at the five to 10 magazines that send me a request to pay to be listed on their top 100 most influential female founders or top 50 most, you know, best businesses in the country who send me requests to pay for an opportunity to be in the lottery for those rankings. It makes me wonder what is happening with our media, what is happening with our with our reporting, with the things that we used to trust. And uh, it, it makes me proud, honestly, that native digitals are saying we know this world well enough to know when something smells fishy, when it's inauthentic. And students, groups like the one at Reed are going out to actually explore this and ask questions and stop taking the answers or the solutions we've been given as truth. 
So it gives me a lot of hope for my generation. And I hope that you'll take this information as well and go out and evangelize this, the stupidity, the, the complete idiocy of rankings that are, are being based on numbers that are completely meaningless and completely and utterly biased. We're going to explore topics like this more on the show in the coming weeks and break down what's happening with, for example, our quote unquote plummeting NAEP scores for students, what's happening with college admissions falling and dropping and even professors realizing, like we talked about a few weeks ago, professors realizing that universities and employers are no longer after college students, they're after high school students. We're in the middle of a fundamental shift in our education and our recruiting and our hiring systems across the country. And I believe we're only just at the beginning and there's so much we can do to shift it. So stay tuned for that. And again, don't forget to follow us. We're starting this conversation on TikTok, on Instagram, going out on the street and really understanding, did people use the skills they have? Are they are they getting the skills from other places or are they getting are they, are they getting truly what they know and learn in their job uh, from their degrees? Because the college institution is collapsing. And I am so, so pumped to be on this ride, to be uh, having conversations like this with, with you all who are thinking differently about solutions for our kids. Thanks for listening to the Native Digital, Native Analog Show. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. If you're looking to connect and talk more about attracting and retaining Native Digitals, you can reach me at hannahgwilliams.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.